0: This is KJ Live with Chris Johnson and Chris is having conversations with influencers in the sports world and entertainment industry. Now here's Chris Johnson. You're now tuned in to KJ Live. Today's guest of the show is a March Madness legend starred at the University of Rhode Island in the backcourt with Patino Mobley, considered one of the best backcourts in the history of college basketball. Later, went on to play in the NBA and overseas, Italy and other countries. Let's welcome Tyson Wheeler to the show. What's up, Tyson?
1: What's up, KJ? I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited. I know you got all the uh, best guests on here, so I'm excited to be on here and uh, very humbled. Appreciate well, I, 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 thank you. I don't know if I
0: have the best guests, but I have the most people I think are the best. And so I think that's that, the uh, most important. And you fall into that category, my man. Uh, congratulations on your tenure at the uh, UMass uh, yep. coaching right now. You're a free agent. Uh, yes, let's talk about the process for you. Kind of the day to day grind of of a college coach having coach finish the season now has to look for another situation. Talk about what that looks like.
1: Well, I think, um, you know, obviously this going, This is my 13th season coaching. So um, I've been Man. in the game for a while. Yeah. It goes by pretty fast. So, uh, you know, I remember playing for 10 years yeah. professionally, and I thought that was a long time, and I'm already past that as a coach. Um, you know, it's a process. You know, it happens in the business. You don't win enough, they let you go. So, you know, for me – you know, I have to try to find a new job uh, anywhere in the country. You know, I've been coaching now for 13 years, like I said before. <laughs> and I've basically always been on the East Coast. Now, you know, I'm, I'm looking to, you know, make a move. You know, I don't mind staying on the East Coast close to home. I'm from Connecticut. Um, there's some openings in New England that I would love to work for. Um, but, I, you know, I have to keep my options open.
0: Yeah, you do. Um, talk a little bit about just how – maybe the coaching game has changed from when you were a player being recruited by a ton of schools to now being on the other side, doing the recruiting, recruiting players. How, how, how much has the game changed in that 25 year span or so? Oh,
1: it's changed tremendously. Um, you know, back when we were getting recruited, it seemed like coaches were everywhere at the park, at the YMCA, (laughs) at high school practices, at games. You know, you would pull up and the coach would be there. Yeah. Uh, And I think that was very beneficial for us in our evaluation of our talent and where we should be playing. Um, I think nowadays, as as a college coach, we don't get as much time to really evaluate the kids. Uh, We may see them two or three times because we're flying all over the place because we have a shorter period to Mm -hmm. evaluate them. Okay. So then we rely on scouting services yeah. um, and not our own eye. So it could be kind of messy when you, you see a kid play great one weekend, and then you might see him play three weeks later, and he just plays okay. So you're not very sure if he's at that level. But then the dynamic comes where if you're at UMass, you get a Miami that offers him in the ACC. So now you're like, wow, I'm never going to get this kid. But I think he's at the Atlantic 10 level. And before I was coaching at Fairfield University in Connecticut in the Mac. Um, So it was a dynamic where I thought a kid was a Mac level kid and he would get offered by a big school. So it's been it's changed a lot. And I think back when we played, it was a little bit easier to evaluate us.
0: Is that because the there was more flexibility with like budget or is that because the NCAA wasn't so strict in terms of the viewing period? and things like that, or is it a combination of both? Like, why why are coaches nowadays not allowed to see players as much as they were in the past?
1: I mean, there are restrictions on the NCA. They allow you a certain amount of live periods where you can go out to watch and evaluate talent. Um, there's tournaments all over the country. There's so many AAU programs, you know. I'm sure yeah. back when you were playing, you played on one team, and basically all your boys from up and down California were on one team. Sure. You know, in New sure. York, you had all the best players on two teams, the Gauchos or Riverside. Yeah. So, you know, now it's very watered down. Parents are making teams just so their child can play. Um, there's about 10 teams just in one city of a lot of talent.
0: Oh, wait. <laughs> so, now, 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 is daddy ball so bad? I, I always ask this question. Is, I want to yeah. uh, hear from the Hooper. Why, why is daddy ball so bad in your eyes? I don't
1: think it's bad at all. Okay. I think you're trying to do the best thing for your child. Exactly. And if they don't get the opportunity to be seen and you want your child to get a scholarship and get that opportunity, because like I said before, there's not enough tournaments or enough time for college coaches to evaluate those kids. So yeah. if your parent can get you on a team with some other guys that can play and get you on the scene to be seen, that, that that's their, that's good for them. Absolutely. You know? So I'm not mad at them at all.
0: <laughs> no, not, me neither. Me yeah. neither. And, and the game was so different. As far as the AAU. I mean, there's there was just so much more emphasis on AAU and things like that. As a recruiter, and this would be kind of my last one talking about that. How much do you, you know back in the day, got the AAU affiliation wasn't necessary for a guy's coach to get players? It seems like nowadays, you know, it's one of the prerequisites sometimes for getting a gig. How how much how important is that or is that overblown and overstated by the streets and you know media or whatever
1: you you're, you mean like um the,
0: the 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 like an assistant coach having like a good relationship with the AAU director oh, gotcha. or maybe an affiliation may have coached for them in the past etc right. is that is that really is it, does that really give you a leg up in today in the landscape of today's college coaching game
1: I, it absolutely does i think um you know aau is so prominent now and all the kids are there And again, a lot of high school, I mean, sorry, a lot of college coaches don't go to high school games as much. They concentrate on AAU and they depend on directors and the the coaches in the AAU circle um, to get kids, you know, because whatever level you're at, you're going to recruit to the AAU programs in your area and across the country. So, you know, it is beneficial uh, for coaches to know a lot of AAU programs. Uh, One thing I would say about me that I have an advantage is because I played basketball and I could recruit all over the country. Mm -hmm. It makes it easier because people may know my name and that just may start the conversation.
0: Absolutely. Then I
1: can say I'm at Atlantic 10 school and somebody in California might not want to go to school in California. So that might give me a, a leg up.
0: Absolutely, that's good, man. You got to use everything you got. It's a competitive world. Uh, these oh, days. it is. <laughs>
1: there's a lot of good players out there.
0: <laughs> no, there is. And speaking of good players, man, I want to I want to flip the script to the transfer portal because okay, yep. you know there's a thousand you know players in that thing, and you're getting guys are getting good quick, uh, but by snatching guys out the transfer portal. Now with the emphasis on getting older and experienced college basketball players for college programs. Does this make the three to four star high school player Mm-hmm. less relevant than he has been in the past, kind of like that guy, that tweener you feel like you can develop. You may give him a shot as a coach because you think he can be something out of development, but you don't anymore because you got a guy that averaged 12 a game at, you know, a D2. And, yep. you, got, you know, you got so talk, talk to me, Coach.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it's a it's tough. It's tough. You can go both ways with it. It's positive and negative. Um, and it also depends on what level you're at. You know, you, you would love to get a kid at a lower level that's a three or four star right. because you wouldn't be able to do that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. you can get transfers that were playing in the Big Ten that averaged three or five points. But you can see that they're pretty good. They come to the Atlantic 10 and they average 10 to 12 points,
0: Yeah,
1: uh, but they couldn't do that at the Big Ten level. So you're more apt to try to take a kid that played in a bigger level, come yeah. down yeah, and then. A kid that's at a lower level that's always had aspirations to play up, like myself. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I did work as a freshman and sophomore at, a, say, a St. Peter's. We'll use St. Peter's for example. Now those kids are going to be looked at like they could play in the Big East mm-hmm. at yeah. a team yeah. home. So that it's a, it's it's all over the place, mm-hmm. and there's good and bad with it. So
0: do you think it's good for the game? I mean, do you think this is something that? you could say this is good for, for the balance of competition in college basketball. A lot of teams got good quick. They're able to make, you know, deep runs. You see some teams out there with these kind of guys that are making runs and, and that are good when you don't expect, is this good for the game?
1: Um, I think it's good for the game because college coaches don't get a, a, a long period of time to become great. You know, when we were coming up again, uh, you know, we had coaches that coached for ten to twelve years and may have had three or four losing seasons. Now, if you're not winning after three years, hmm. you're on the hot seat.
0: Yeah. So you Tracking have to block. you have
1: to win right away in order to keep your job, which is unfortunate because now you're not being, you're not able to develop the younger kids. So now you're probably not going to want to get a younger kid because you only have two or three years to be good.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and- no, that makes total sense. And this is something I think that started, has been happening for a little bit now. Probably, I'd say around, well, I felt it in 2014, 15 when my son will, it was just difficult to get him a look. And, and, I, and I couldn't understand why. But then, as I started to look at the makeup of rosters around the country and start to understand the different themes associated with what coaches were doing, mm-hmm. it kind of made sense now. Cause I was thinking of it like our time, like, why can't you get like, man, you better believe in my boy, hey, you know, yeah. type of thing. But it's like, like you just said hey, man, I got to win now. I have no time for one roster spot to, right. be, an, to be an unknown. I need a proven commodity. I'll take a guy that played in the MIAC or, you know, yeah. the, the, the Horizon League and that I – a thousand-point score. Dana is the king of this. He was doing it. I was like, dang, he bringing all these thousand-point scores. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there we go. I'm sorry. Back. back on the bench. Hey, hey, but – but all that to be said that's the game competition is still competition but you got you got to adjust and adapt um final thing on the college thing man uh the current college climate the nil i I, you know when it first came out you know i was really interested to see how this would affect uh the players the athletes mindset you know what would this motivate people Would this get guys and girls you know, in the gym, on the track, working hard, in the weight room. Hey, I want to be the most marketable. I want to be the best. I want to look good. A, right. Or or did it, or is it something that, Hey, I'm, you know, are these kids responding to it with complacency? I want to know from a college coach. I don't know if your guys had any, and if they did, you know, what is your sense of how they responded to it?
1: Um, I, I would say overall general, overall um, synopsis of it is there's good and bad in it. You know, you have some players that are really good, uh, that can, that are marketable and they'll get those type of deals where they can make some money yeah. or some clothing deals. Yeah. And then you have some players that are getting it because they're on a team
0: mm-hmm.
1: but they don't play a lot but they'll film themselves uh, yeah. so they <laughs> are more marketable yeah. and, it, and it, they're just working out just because of the NIL deals or to get likes.
0: Yeah,
1: And so you know, It's a a gift and a curse, I guess you can say. You know, there's some really good players that are making really good money, as they should. And they're helping, uh, you know, um, establishments make money. And they're putting some money in their pocket. So, But then there's some players that shouldn't have NIL deals, but they do. Um, But it's kudos to the kids. I mean, if they can get it, they should get it. You know, you can't take anything away from them.
0: I think really it's all about, you know, the lens in which we view it. Now, if we view it through our lens, we might say something like, hey, you know, kids are getting it when maybe they shouldn't. But we have to realize that the game has totally changed. So so who gets it and who deserves it? That's just it's up to social media. It's up to your following. It's up to your so 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 you might have the most game. You might average twenty a game, but you're not the best on social media. And yep. that is, and I see this with UCLA where you got a guy like Jaime Hacetas who's who's really good on social media, but there's these other guys that are you know a little bit better and they're getting a little bit more notoriety. Um, right. um, they this uh, I forgot what it is, but they gave like this all the bench guys left in the tournament. They gave them a whole. Uh, Nil deal. So every guy that was like a walk on or or that rode the bench, yeah. So this is now becoming they're becoming stars. Their performance on the bench, their cheerleading, their school spirit. Like I'm telling you, dog. Yeah. I would. I like Muhammad been- was years back. Kind of like I was my freshman year wearing yeah. all the yeah. towels, bro. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. I would, hey, I would have got an NIL deal. Bro I would have been like on Fat Burger or something, man. Hey, man, Kristine, get the get the Stati Loco, man. Too big, Loco, Loco burger, dog. but Free on me, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but it would have been cracking, man. But uh, so, but no, but I, I like that point. It's going to be interesting to see just how big this stuff gets. You know, you see. The high-level athletes, the elite guys, getting you know Mercedes Benz and Beats by Dre, and you know these yeah. high-level brands, and, and so I, that's interesting. And but it still needs to be sorted out. You know what I'm saying? So right, right. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com, and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Yeah, but looking back. To days of old, man, when we were young bucks, dude, and we we could run around real fast and, you know, go through our legs behind the back. I crossed you over a lot back in the day. But looking (laughs) back on that era (laughs) at Rhode Island, dog, uh, I wanted to revisit your run through the March Madness uh, whole tournament because I always found found it interesting that you played for Coach Herrick, who recruited me, who I played for, won a national championship. He was fired the year before. And now the very next year, he's taking you guys on your own magical run. Can you just talk about – and that was in his first year. Can you just talk about that, you know, get yep. coach as, getting Coach Herrick as – getting Coach Eric as a coach with everything you heard about and knowing his pedigree with UCLA and ultimately going on that run with guys like Coutinho Mobley and Lamar Odom?
1: Yep. Yep. So Lamar wasn't with us at that point. But okay. he was at the school – Hanging yeah. out. Yeah, okay. I counts. hanging so out. That counts, too. He was playing intramurals and having a good time. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was great uh, to get Coach Herod. Um Myself and Antonio Reynolds Dean were on the uh, search committee. Yeah. You know, we were uh, – what do they call it now? The player uh, – No, the search firms. We were the search firm. Oh. So, Antonio and I and some of the, you know, the AD, we had a list of coaches, and his name came up, and I was like, that's the coach I want. You know, he coached Tyus Edney. I was a small guard. We They were up and down. I love the UCLA offense. You know, we played the flex offense with Al Skinner, and I love that as well. But Catino didn't love it, you know, because he didn't get to handle the ball. So when, when Coach Herrick came and he put the UCLA offense in, he let Catino handle the ball. And that really uh, rose his stock. So I know Catino loves Coach Herrick because of that. He got to handle the ball. And so, you know, we had a veteran team, uh, we knew we could be really good. Coach Herrick came in and I thought Ty said, and he was great because he was a small guard. They won a national championship like you were talking about. You guys won a national championship and he was a little guard. So I was like, okay, this is gonna fit in perfect with the way I play. And when Coach Herrick got there, he's like, Tyson, you need to pass more. You're 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 shooting too much. You need to understand the game more. And I was like,
0: what? Now what the year before, what, what what did you do the year before? Like what kind what were you coming into at the confidence level off of what type of performance?
1: Well, we we lost to Purdue. We were up against Purdue in the tournament, first round, uh, and we gave up the lead and lost. I was uh, averaging about fifteen points a game. I was a career average about fifteen points a game and six assists. Pretty good. So, you know, I never wanted to score more than fifteen points. I tr- I definitely tried to, but I never got over fifteen. But I what was most important for me was to get assists, lead the league, and, yeah. and um, try to win. Yeah. So, you know, I came in with some bravado that, you know, this is going to be our team, my team, me and Katino, Coach Harrison going to come in. He's going to coach us up. And then he was like, yo, Tyson, you need to stop shooting so much. I was like, oh, man, come on, coach. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> but it helped me out tremendously, you know. I, I learned to be a, a better point guard. Um, we won a lot more. We got to the lead eight. At what point –
0: Did you, during the season, did you know that you guys could do something special? Like, was there a turning point? Was there a game? Was there a performance that you guys had? You might've beat somebody on the road or I don't know. Was there a moment or did you guys kind of have a steady flow during the year? Um, we
1: started off really hot and then we, you know, we, I think we won our first like three or four games. We got it to the top 25 for the first time. And then we went to play UConn, um, with Khalid al Kevin Freeman, Richard Hamilton. Um, so we knew, and we, it was a close game. We were up, it we was down, we were up. Um, but that, at that point, we knew that we were really good. Uh, we went to Cincinnati on Super Bowl Sunday and played them. I had the flu and we were right there with Kenya Martin, the helicopter. They had a, yeah. a, a yeah. dynamic team. Melvin Levitt, yeah. Melvin Levitt, all those. Yeah. So we, we played really well. We lost. But the games we were in, we felt we were one of the best teams in the country. Okay. So okay. we had that mindset. Uh, we were older group, so we had to play that way. Yeah, But so we, we had a tough schedule. We went out to Stanford, played Stanford in a cable car classic, and we were up again, and we lost the same exact way we did it in the Elite Eight against them.
0: Yeah, that was a tough loss, man. Yeah. I, I, I thought you guys had the magic. Uh, I thought you guys had it going, especially after what you beat Kansas in the round before yeah, or, uh, or the round of 32 or –
1: yeah, I was the second second round, second, second round. round. Yeah, Murray State, your old coach Godfrey was the head coach.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah that's um, right. Was Marcus Brown on that team?
1: No, he wasn't.
0: Okay, thank okay.
1: God. Thank God. Yeah, he, he's man. on their uh, he's on their staff now.
0: Okay, Murray State. Yep. Okay, okay. So yeah. when you get into the later rounds of the tournament, Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, tie. And which mm-hmm. we're looking at now, you know, we're watching teams like, you know, St. Peter's or underdogs. Right. Yeah. When, when you get to those rounds, what do you think it takes to continue to advance in the role? Because I would consider you guys an underdog that year, although yeah. you may not consider yourself an underdog. I know I feel like you guys were underdogs. What does it take to keep advancing?
1: Um, I think just making sure that you guys are playing as a team. That's the most important thing, um, sharing the ball, um, being locked in defensively, being locked in on the scout. That was really big for us. You know, every team we played in that tournament, we scouted to a tee. And, and guys all were locked in. Um, I think, you know, taking care of the ball is key. Rebounding is very key. And then, you know, being able to score. You have to be able to score. And I think, as you see in the tournament, guard play is, to me, the most important. You know, if you have some elite guards, they're going to get you over the hump, and you got some elite rebounders, they're going to help you win games.
0: Yeah, you see that with St. Peter's, Miami. They have really exciting guards. I, know I like the duo down uh, with Miami as far as uh, Wong and Moore. Yeah, they're, they're pretty. They're pretty exciting. Get them in the open floor. Do you, I always thought when Coach Herrick and I played for for two tournaments. Yeah. One we one we went all the way. One we lost in the first round. But I, I always thought that his coaching, uh, as we got closer to the tournament time, it, he started to treat us more like pros. It was he less. It. it was less about uh, you know all this other stuff, and more about our rest, caring about us, and it was about player empowerment. It was yep. about making us believe in our game, making us believe that the the six, seven, eight, nine months before all the work now is when it really mattered. And yeah, now yeah. this is why you did it. I always
1: I, – I, I wondered, is that something that you felt as At, well? Absolutely. I mean, that, that's powerful that you say that because I'll say in the Kansas game, you know, we, we were going back and forth. Then we started – the tide started to shift, and Co- Coach Harris could see it. And what he did was you – know, KJ, what he did was, Tyson, it's your turn. I want everybody to clear out you're taking this guy. <laughs> Preston Murphy, it's your turn. They yeah. can't guard you. Coutinho, yeah. he can't guard. We we forgot about the offense, and it turned into a one-on-one game. Yes. Yeah. And he saw that, and yeah. our confidence was so high, and our guys that came off the bench, like Preston Murphy, yeah. he was getting busy. And he was like, Yo, Tice, give me the ball back. Give me the ball back. I got him. I was like, oh, go to work. Yeah. But that's a great point you just made. Because that's exactly how it happened for us.
0: No, I think that's one of his best qualities as a coach, man, is where he understands that he knows how to lock that lock. He knows how to lock in with you when you're locked in. Like he gets there with you and it's like, okay, write it. Cause he's done that with me, man. I I dropped I dropped 36 on Cal, 30 on Washington, tw- you know, Cal 25 and a half. And yep. when I when I got rolling, I'm talking about he's calling it, I forgot what play it was. It was something off our one four off the yep. hype. I would I would I would either enter it and then cut off that thing and get to the block, but he just kept getting me down there. So now, <laughs> yeah. and whatever it was, you know, we do a handoff. So I would be the inner guy, so I run off. Yes, the yes. You, I swear to God, like ten straight times, he just kept calling the dogs, and I just kept hitting. Get, get <laughs> and so, but but that was I felt like you know I, I always like would ride or die for Coach Herrick because he would he would have that confidence. Like in you, you know, it's a point. Yes,
1: absolutely, and that's what, and that's why we went so far. If you look back at our statistics in those games, we had different guys leading in scoring, and we had multiple guys in double figures in each di- in different games. So, you know, one game it would be Antonio who have like fifteen and ten, and then Luther Clay, who was a top five player coming out of high school, um, would have fifteen and ten, and then Coutinho yeah. have twenty seven. Then I would have 22. Then Preston would have 16. Josh yeah. King would have. So it, we were rolling. Absolutely. And we, we felt we should we could have went to the uh, final. four. No,
0: nah, man. And you guys were right there. You go down in history is as, as one of those type of, you know, best of teams that didn't make it. One of the toughest backcourts that we've ever seen uh, on the college level. You and Coutinho. Um I appreciate that. You got to get Coutinho on here. No, on a real. I, I, I love to talk to cat man, but but on the real, man, you guys, man, looking back on just you know having seen a bunch of backcourts, dog, and yeah. having seen a bunch of a ball players, really good guys in the backcourt yeah. together, like y'all. It, it, there's more than just. Be two really good guards, one good shooting guard, one good. It's a style, it's a rhythm, it's a flair, yep. it's a sweetness associated with the way y'all got y'all buckets. Okay, right. so, so I'm telling you, nobody did this sweeter than y'all, too. I said, Nah, don't
1: do that. There's plenty of guys out there. Sick, oh
0: my god, two sick lefties. Are you kidding me, dog? No, dog, I was a fan back there. still a fan now, my man. Uh, oh, hey, of all the teams that are left as far as our underdogs that are in the sweet 16, what team, if you have one, do you think is most capable, most built, most you know ready to make that run to the championship game, not just the final four, but to get all the way. I mean, cause you remember like teams like Indiana with Mike Davis and Butler and these teams that made it all the way to the championship game. that were like, dang, they almost did it. Is yep. there a team, is there a team like that? That's remaining in the Sweet 16 that you think can get all the way to the, to the title game?
1: Well, I would say yes, there is. I mean, I, I, I love um, Arizona. Okay. I love Houston. Ooh. They play yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, Houston is tough. Um, yeah. I'm a very big Purdue fan because he, he runs some great things. Um, Providence, I gotta go with my boy Ed Cooley. I think they can get to the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Okay.
1: But you know who also is playing really well? Your squad, UCLA. You know, okay. Mick does a great job of getting those guys to play hard. They have a point guard that gets guys shots, but he's also scoring a lot more this year. Absolutely. You know, in the tournament, you need a little guard to, to get buckets for you. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, there's there's so many good teams in this. Texas Tech is playing really well. Villanova looks good. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it is tough to decide. But there are a lot of good teams that can go all the way. I
0: I think it's got to come down to Arizona and Gonzaga. And I think because uh, they have the most depth as far as size, guards, and like X-factor type dudes that can come in and make a play on the college level. When you have this plethora of dudes, like when you watch Arizona play, man, like the way they play the game – their transition game, how quickly they get it out, how intent they are on high, low, that focus, and then it automatically gonna open stuff up. Like, right. it's gonna wear on you. Now, look, they got it, they got off easy against TCU. The stuff at the end of that game, that was wild. I don't know if you saw that, man. Yeah, oh, boy. Saw no, no. oh boy, it was wild. Hey, and, <laughs> hey Arizona fans is out here trying to defend it. I'm like, look, man, young fella, <laughs> young fella just went too far. That's it. Just leave it at that, bro. There's no nothing. But yep. all that to be said, if Dalen Terry and that doggone Coloco, Ooh,
1: that's a that, big deal, man. that
0: seven-footer, if they keep on doing what they do, it's going to be tough. But, man, my Bruins, man, we got to see what's up with Jaime's ankle. Um, Mick, oh, yeah. Mick still is not – I don't feel like he's comfortable with certain rotations and the way guys are playing with certain guys. So he's, he's you know, in and out and a lot of guys right now still at this stage.
1: Yeah, you got to figure that out. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. hey but,
0: but I got to respect him because I got to trust him because he's my coach and he got us here. So – Yeah. Yes, sir, man. But man, dude, I, uh, I appreciate your time tonight, man. I know it's,
1: yeah, a we can do this all night,
0: man. I got nothing going on, brother. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, man, I, I appreciate you getting with me, bro. Um, this is, it's an interesting time for you, man. I, I wanted to talk about, I want to just hear about like your actual process, Of 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 the coaching search, but you know, I know that's probably something that you know, just kind of. Yeah, I got to keep
1: that. I got to keep that. But but maybe maybe
0: (laughs) maybe one day you'll write a book, uh and I can help you out, and I'll I'll find out then.
1: (laughs) Oh, I got plenty of information for a book.
0: Yeah, hold on on that. that. Hold on on that, man. We got to get you hired somewhere. Hopefully, somewhere on the West Coast, man. Come out to L.A.
1: Get the good sun out there, baby.
0: Hey, all day, man. But I appreciate you for coming on, bros. It's always a pleasure.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Next, I'm gonna get on Baron Davis' show so I can talk about the point guards. He got all the great point guards. I know I'm not the best, but come on, BD, man, you
0: need to holler at BD, man. You see what he's on? <laughs> he's, he's got, he's got a good show. He's got some solid dudes on there. You need to be on there. I can't believe nah, he does not nah, on there. I'm that. not
1: that level, baby. That's I appreciate shady. the hype. <laughs> <laughs> you be good, man. <laughs> all right, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks, I, man. All
0: right, brother. Peace.